Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Or, well, what was happening today, certainly, in Ross Craig. And I'm just reading here from the Irish Independent. Scuffles broke out at the Racket Hall Hotel in Ross Craig earlier as protesters attempted to block busloads containing 17 asylum seekers who arrived under guard of protection. Between 40 and 50 protesters had mounted a peaceful protest by the roadside at the entrance of the hotel in Tipperary from last Thursday. And these are protests which are replicated all over the country, by the way, in relation to refugees in different towns and villages all over the country. And through the weekend, after the news first broke that 160 asylum seekers will be housed in the 40-bedroom hotel. At around noon today... And the numbers swelled as a fleet of guardavans and cars arrived to escort the asylum seekers inside. Now, there's a picture, and I put it up my Twitter account, uh, Niall Boylan, if you want to go to my Twitter account there. I put it on my twi- Twitter account earlier on. And I think it's a picture that will end up being used in history. Because it's a picture of about a, 200 guards um, all standing there, the ERU, um, or what looks like the ERU or whatever it is, obviously. Uh, and a picture of one woman holding the hand of a child, asking them a question, or maybe asking them what they were doing. And nothing aggressive in it. But it it kind of shows the face of the government against the individual. I don't want to cast aspersions on protesters and what their purpose or their reason for wanting to protest is. And in a lot of cases, it's genuine concern that there isn't enough services in the area, there's enough GPs in the area, concerns maybe about their own safety, because unidentifiable people are moving in that they don't know and there's quite a lot moving at the one time. I mean, when you've got a neighbour moving in up the road, it's always a bit concerning. You don't know who they're going to be, etc, etc, etc. But when you suddenly have, you imagine you're living in your house and all of a sudden, everybody on your road is going to move and 50 people, 50 new people are going to move in or 160 in this case are going to move in. Of course you're going to have concerns. Particularly if they were, say, all men. Uh, you're going to have concerns. Why wouldn't you have concerns? Now, it's entirely up to the government to communicate with communities, particularly small communities and villages around rural Ireland, when they're going to increase their population, or in some cases double their population. It's They have an obligation to communicate to the local community. But we're seeing a problem in society and a disconnect between the government and the communities. And that's why we're seeing this division. And there was a man arrested, by the way, there, a bit of a rule of ula broke out at one stage and there was a man arrested. Um, but in saying that, I blame the government squarely for this. There are individuals in society who are intent on causing trouble and there's no doubt about that. There are one, but they're not a lot. Most of the people who are on these protests are just concerned citizens. They're not racists. You know, there's going to be, ra- of course, there's some racists without a shadow of a doubt, but most are concerned citizens. They're concerned about their communities. And the government are not communicating with them. They're ignoring them. They feel voiceless. They feel unheard. Nobody communicates. The local representatives ignore them. In a situation where, and I only spoke to Sharon Kilgan, Senator Sharon Kilgan today, in an interview today, I spoke to Sharon Kilgan, and the letter that was written by Leo Varadkar in the Irish Independent on Sunday was nothing but misinformation. And he accuses everybody else of misinformation. And News Talk actually broke down the letter. Barry White, journalist from News Talk, broke down the letter and all the falsifications, what he believes are falsifications in the uh, letter written by Leo Varadkar. So here's a government minister, or should I say a teacher of a country, telling people not to be putting disinformation online, and yet he puts out disinformation himself. Simple things like 
Ireland doesn't have open borders. He said that's a myth. Let's be clear, that isn't a myth. We do have essentially open borders. People are coming from Northern Ireland, through Belfast and through Northern Ireland into Ireland. Nobody's getting stopped. People are coming into Dublin Airport. And according to RTE News over the weekend, 75% with no documentation. Destroying it on the planes. Yes, Leo Varadkar denies that's happening. But RTE News said it over the weekend. So are RTE News now part of the right wing as well? You can't keep ignoring problems. And Leo Varadkar, by his own admission, seven weeks before Christmas, said that Ireland had a capacity and we had reached that capacity. And yet three weeks later, you know, him and his politician friends in Fianna Fáil said that people shouldn't be using the narrative Ireland is full. But that's exactly what he said. He just used different words for it. Saying something is at capacity and you've reached capacity means it's full. If I say, I have a bucket here, there's a capacity of water for this bucket, we've reached the capacity, that means the bucket's full. It's the same language, or should I say different language, saying the same thing. But yet the government are insisting on continuing to do this, knowing we we have a housing crisis and we have a huge problem in society accommodating people, we're allowing more and more people to come into the country. And by the way, I, I people, please don't get the wrong idea about me. People get the wrong idea about me all the time. I welcome diversity in society. I welcome immigration, because without immigration, we would have nobody in the health service, we would have nobody in hospitality, we wouldn't have enough people for retail, because we need a population, and we need people to come into the country. The same during the, the last, uh, the Celtic Tiger. If it wasn't for Polish people coming in and Europeans coming into the country in the construction industry, we'd have been doomed. But what we don't need is a free-for-all. And that's what's happening at the moment. It's a complete and utter free-for-all. Leo Radcliffe claims the security checks, yet the Tarnashta, Mial Martin, who was Taoiseach at the time, said on BBC there was no security checks. And the only way those security checks will actually work, according to Barry White from News Talk, is if those people had come to the attention of the European authorities in the past in Europol. So in other words, we don't really have security checks because we don't have any intel from Nigeria or Albania or Georgia or Algeria or any other places that people are coming from which are allegedly war in our countries. Remember, there's no war in Georgia. There's no war in Albania. There's, there's no war in many of these places. 43 people, I believe it was, <coughs> last year came from America as asylum seekers. Why would you be coming from America as an asylum seeker? Your life wouldn't be in danger no more than it would be normally in America. So the question is, why are we allowed to continue to happen? Leo Varadkar said they deported or gave out a 1,000 deportation orders last year. He was incorrect. It was actually 700, but they're all voluntary. When the Department of Justice are asked how many of those 700 and something people actually deported themselves voluntarily, they said they didn't know because they don't follow it up. The whole thing is a mess. But the government are insisting on ignoring the problem. And this is what's causing this rift between the people and the government. And nobody likes to see that including the people coming into the country. Is it fair for somebody to come into the country and be handed a tent and a voucher because they have nowhere else to put them? Is that fair? Is it fair for them to languish five people in a hotel bedroom for the next two or three years? Is that fair because we've nowhere to put them? No, it's not. So what is the solution? And what happened in Ross Cray? Why do you think what's happening in Ross Cray and Ballinrobe and Donegal and Eastwall and um, Ringsend and everywhere else? And by the way, nobody is condoning you know, the setting fire of buildings, if, if indeed that was the case. People are very quick to say it was arson, by the way. We don't know for sure. The Garda Shikana need to investigate those situations. And if people did commit arson, well, they need to be taken to task because that's criminality. So the question is, why is it happening? We want to know what you think. And be fair. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. 
Let me go to Neve. Neve, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. Neve, I mean, what happened in Ross Cray today? I, I saw the picture or the video mm-hmm. of, you know, hundreds of guards. And there was about 50, 20 people, I think. It just yeah. seemed completely over the top. They handled it abhorrently. I mean, on both sides, on on the side of the people protesting and on the side of the people that were on the bus. Can you imagine women and children being on that bus? Oh, we don't know, um, and I don't know, and you don't know what they've seen or where they've come from. And suddenly they're surrounded by armed guards. They probably don't speak the language. They didn't have a notion what was going on. They were probably terrified to get off the bus thinking that the people were out to get them when they weren't. And then the people who were protesting, because the, you know, three, two to three hundred armed guards came down, made those 20 people look like they were going to do something absolutely terrible. They must have been if they needed all those armed guards. They were peacefully protesting. And, and to be clear, know, they're not protesting against the refugees. They're protesting against no, the government not. policy. Exactly. And I think people, I think what we need to start to do now is stop this idea that every single person who protests is doing it because they hate refugees. 99.9% of people don't. What they hate is the fact that when they ring and they're sick or they have a toothache, they're being told now, I'm sorry, but you can't get an appointment for six months. And it's not the fault of the refugees coming in. They also need to see a doctor. It's the fault of the government allowing them in. It's like they have a bucket and the bucket is overflowing, but they keep adding water to it and think it's going to be grand. So what you're saying to me is if we lived in a country that we didn't have a housing crisis, we didn't have a healthcare crisis, we didn't have a cost of living crisis, we didn't have all these crises, that people wouldn't have the same issue. I don't think people would have as much of an issue. There's always going to be people that have an issue Mm. because people will always be a little bit afraid of the unknown, you know, and that's just human nature. But I don't think we'd have that there'd be as much of an issue. But at the end of the day, we're bringing people in. And it's not, as you said, it's it's also not fair on those people. They've been through bloody enough. And now we're asking them to sleep in a tent. They'd be better off staying in their own country and sleeping in a tent. They could do that there. But we also also have a situation where we, we have a duty and our government has a duty to protect our borders. Um, and, and to protect our citizens. Um, and, you know, we have an immigration policy. And if people want to come as an asylum seeker, they're quite welcome to do that if indeed they fit the criteria of being an asylum seeker, i.e. their life is in danger or political persecution or whatever it happens to be under the convention. In saying that, at this point, it doesn't seem to matter what you are. You can come from anywhere in the world to Ireland <laughs> with no passport in your hand, no documentation, Get off a plane, walk into the country, go to IPASS, which is in town in Dublin, and go to IPASS or any IPASS place and apply for asylum. I mean, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. That, that's, just, ridiculous. that's just like a free-for-all. You could be anybody with any criminal record. You could be. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have an awful lot of time for 90% of how they do things in the States. But the States and Australia and countries like that, they know how to manage their borders. Well, I, 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 well, I'm not too sure Joe Biden knows how to manage the borders. That's a well, mess. Well, he's that, not that's 100% a, sure. No, that's a mess in the border of Mexico at the moment. But if, a mess. You look, you, if you look at Australia and, you know, if you have even raised a hand to somebody in your own country and that is flagged, you're not getting in. No. Because they're protecting their country. I mean, they won't even let you bring a pot of plants into Australia, let alone a person. Who was arrested? Wasn't, so, there, wasn't there some celebrity arrested with a banana? Madonna, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm sure Johnny Depp and his 
is dogs. Wife at the time with the dogs. Yeah. You know, and that's not a, that's not a human being. That's their animals on a banana. <laughs> so you can imagine, you know, how they treat humans who try and do it. Well, the Australians, what the Australians did many years ago when the boats were coming uh, into Australia with refugees, they decided to take a different approach, which was to turn the boats around, bring them back to the shore they came from and set fire to the boats to discourage people from wanting to do it again. Whereas on the English Channel, where a lot of people are coming to Ireland or coming through the United Kingdom uh, because they don't want to go to Rwanda, um, if that indeed happens or ever materialises, uh, what they're doing mm-hmm. essentially is rescuing people from the Mediterranean and bringing them to England or from the Channel, should I say, and bringing them to England. Well, so, I do think, um, I think it's a tough one there because I would hate to think of anybody dying at sea. Absolutely. I don't, That would be know, shocking, I, I, yeah. But, but, I, but here's ha- the thing, are we not risking people's lives? When, when we see the 14 people that were in the truck, the refrigerator truck, God help them, right? <laughs> that they would go to that much trouble to get to a country that they would get into the back of a refrigerator truck. But yeah. the Garda Sheikh, they went missing. Now, thankfully, all 14 were healthy, by the way, can I point out. The guards checked them all yeah. and they were all healthy and everything That's was fine. fine. But I, I, the majority of them went AWOL. They went missing on the guards. And the guards put out a statement saying, um, but there's no investigation is the matter. Now, you're illegally entering a country. There should be an investigation is the matter. Because here's the point. You could say it's pretty tough and hard line to turn around to those 14 people and say, I'm sorry, you entered the country illegally. You know, off you go to Dublin Airport. We're going to bring you up there now and send you back to where you came from, right? And you'll say that's hard line. But it's the right thing to do. Because if you don't do that, what happens is more people hear about it. They go, oh, did you hear about the Irish, the 14 Irish? She just had to get it back of the truck. Once you get into the country, you can run. That They don't have about it. So it, it, yeah, it encourages exactly more people to risk their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, it does. It does. And, you know... Look, it, it's awful to think that somebody would, would view a refrigerator truck as a better option than where they are. Mm. You know, and there, I, I don't want to live in a country where we, where we don't help anybody mm. because there are some really genuine people. Like, God, if we could take the path of Gaza, I wish we could get them out of there, you know. Mm. But the problem is, because of the way the government is handling it, we can't tell who is genuine and who isn't. And that's what's causing the fear. But, but here's the, the other thing. I mean, we, we give out deportation orders, voluntary deportation orders. You've never heard the like of it in your sure. life. Voluntary. Yeah, that's, yeah. Here's a deportation order. Now, off you go. See you now. I hope you're going home now, are you? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going home. See you now. Bye. That's <laughs> like somebody goes in front of a judge and he gives them a voluntary prison order. Yeah, will you make would your you own way to, to prison? To yeah. yeah, would you prefer to go there or would you like to go home? I think I'll go home, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Appeal it and, you know, you can, by the way, I've given you six months, you know, you can appeal that 12 times. Yeah, and I tell you what, you, you can walk out of the courtroom now. You, you wouldn't mind making your way to Mount Joy in a bus there, would you? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and we, we, won't, we won't tell you where the bus is and don't worry if you get the wrong one and end up in Malahide. That's a really nice place. And the funniest part is we'll never check to see if you actually went to jail. Because that's what the government admitted. The Department of Justice admitted when they were asked how many people who had been given voluntary deportation orders actually deported themselves. They said they didn't know because they don't check it up. And you, they could not to deport themselves. That's a stupid thing to say. Like, you're not going to voluntarily say, okay, fair cop goes, I'll get on the first plane back to the, you yeah. know, the place I was escaping from. Who's going to do that? Well, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Eddie. Eddie. Well, hang on. Eddie, I mean, these were horrible scenes today and scenes that have been replicated over the last few months. But today, I thought, really took the biscuit. The show of strength by the state, I I personally believe it was despicable. 
Noel, I'm amazed that hasn't happened already because it was always going to happen. You had the immovable object, i.e. the protesters, against the irresistible force, the Guardi, and there was a stalemate. And sooner or later, something had to give, and that was going to happen eventually, right? Mm. It was going to happen. This country has been sold down the river. Do you know what it reminds me of, right? Do you remember in history, the Ulster Plantation in the 1600s, when the O'Neills and the O'Donnells had their land took off them and Scottish and English immigrants came in and took it? It's history repeating again. And you go back there about Georgia, Turkey, Albania, no war going on. These 14 people that came into the country last week in this refrigerated lorry, the guards went, oh, we're not too sure they were aiming for here. We think they were going to the UK. They were aiming for here because when they were caught, they were put up in accommodation. In City water, West. Food. Why would you leave that to roam the street unless you have something better to go to? You just... It's minus two degrees out right now. They left warmth and food and shelter to go somewhere else. And it wasn't the UK. It was somewhere else in Ireland. Because that's where they were aiming for. Because we're a soft touch. I mean, it's, it's disgraceful scenes. But do you remember... I mean, I kind of feel a bit sorry for the guards because they're following orders. And uh, that's a, that's a very they, that's a very famous line, isn't it? I was only I, following I know, orders. I know, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, if they don't do what they're told, they'll probably get reprimanded. Now, I remember a couple of years ago in France, the police over there refused to do it. They took their hats and off. Sided with the process, yeah, and sided with them. But I mean, I told you before, I lived in England for 17 years, and. I never ever thought I'd see the English people, very similar to us, just different accents, leave the UK. They just got sick to the back teeth of immigrants. Just coming over by the boatloads, in you go, in you go, and the country was bursting at the seams. I mean, it is what? I mean, to be fair, there's room in the country for a lot of people, and our birth rate is quite low at the moment. It's actually below replacement level, right? Noel, there's, there's room. There's landmass, but there's not shelter. No, 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 I, I'm saying that. Provided, and, and I remember Simon Coveney some time ago suggesting that we could easily accommodate 10 million people in Ireland. And we could, because we had 10 million during the famine, by the way, or before the famine, if you remember. But we could easily yeah. accommodate 10 million people. because of the bleeding oh, yeah. But you would have to do that over a period of time. You can't, you can't just increase the population by, you know, 200,000 people in the space of 18 months or whatever it is. You can't just suddenly do that. That has to be done over a period of time where you build an infrastructure around it, you provide more GPs, you provide a better health service, you more, more education, more schools. So you have to do it over time. You can't just dump people into a small village Noel, in rural Ireland. Where I, where I live in Clondalkin, right? The Soyak building on top of the Monty Road, the Reca Hotel and the Oibis. We have probably 1,200 of these people, right? And our area is ruined. I don't like to run people down. They're in the bushes shooting up. There's videos going around in our residential Facebook page. The guards are in earshot of it, only 20 metres away, and the lads are saying, they're in there shooting up. They won't even get out of the car and look. They just don't care. They're going around, they were going around at Christmas, right? Gangs of men with kids and, w- and women. And the, the lads are standing on the corner and they were sending them into houses to carol sing, knocking on old people's houses. And it's kind of intimidating. And they were getting a few bob. And because you get them a few bob, they were back the very next day again. And you didn't give them that. And then they were slamming the doors and arguing with you at the door. And like the football pitches down where I live, my family are involved in the football. Pitches were unplayable that week because it was raining. They came along and they cut the locks off the goalposts and put the matches, uh, put the goalposts out. There's about 200 of them there playing a full scale match, all drinking. I, I walked down to the middle of the pitch with me mate and said, Look, the pitches are unplayable. The grief we got. 
They're not doing themselves any favours. And I want to be fair, Eddie, you know, some people genuinely deserve our assistance and our help and our support, you know, and when you have people coming from Syria and they've lost family and lost loved ones and they're, they're genuinely coming from a dangerous place, you know, they deserve our help. They deserve our sympathy. They deserve anything we can do for them. But unfortunately, Ireland has now become a, has become a country that essentially is a place to go for anywhere, anyone who wants, just wants a better life. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I lost my job tomorrow, for example, and I wanted a better life and I wanted to go to America, like, I, I'm going to America for a better life. I wouldn't be allowed in unless I had a visa. So no, there's, there's I know rules. There's, a t- there's a detention centres all around me, right? They have a doctor and a nurse that comes in twice a week. Free. Mm. There was a video going around. There was a chap walking, right? He's getting twelve fifty an hour. And he gets free accommodation. And free doctor, and you're just looking going, well, "Why are you getting that above me?" And you start. But see, but this is the point. But this, yeah, but that's and that, that's the problem. And this is the point Neve is making. If we were all in a situation where we had a perfect education system, healthcare system, you know, no cost of living crisis, no accommodation crisis, maybe people wouldn't think quite the same way. They would ignore the issue for the time being, unless it got particularly bad. But because we're all, it's like doggy dog out there. And, and, and Eddie, I blame the government. I don't blame refugees. They're just taking advantage of a system that we have. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I, I don't blame the, blame the lad coming from Albania. And Albania is no, not a war-torn country. Arm. He's chances I mean, he's going through. Yeah. He's gone through 12 countries to get here. They're saying these people on this truck last week set off from Belgium or France. But why didn't they stay there? That's as safe as Ireland. But they came here because it's the land of milk and honey. But, but Leo Varadkar was at pains last week in an interview to suggest that the Dublin uh, Convention, um, Article what is it, uh, the 2013, um, didn't suggest that anybody who arrives in a country must uh, make an application for asylum in the country they enter. He said that's untrue. It's a myth that's been perpetrated by the right wing. Then it was uh, reported in the newspapers that numerous politicians had said that. So are they all right wing? He was asked again, and then he changed his mind and said, "Oh well, it's not right wing. It's mainstream media myth." He doesn't now, know his now. I, his now own. I spoke today, Sharon Kogan, who's read up all the law in relation to the agreement, the Dublin Agreement at the Dublin Convention, and she said it is true. He's wrong. So when when you've got you know a senior politician, the Taoiseach of the country, telling the people something that's completely wrong. And, and other information which was in the Irish Independent during the week, which has been broke down by many journalists now at this stage, that is completely wrong. And feeding the public misinformation, the public are finding it hard to trust the government anymore. So there's a breakdown of communication between the people and the state. Noel, I work at the airport. I see them coming in in their bus loads every single night of the week. Every he, Leo night week. has said it's a myth to suggest people are destroying the documentation on a plane. Again, that's... That's no, wrong, because I know somebody who works in Aer Lingus, and they said they are doing it on the plane. No, Aer Lingus last year got, uh, Irish Airlines last year got fined 1.7 million. Because every time people arrive and land here without passport or documentation or ID, they get fined. that airline is fined, right? Now, to get on that plane at point A, they have to have documentation. So when you land here, and all of a sudden it's magically gone, you should be shipped right back around and headed straight back to from the, from the point of your destination where you just came from. We need, an, we need a referendum on immigration. We need stricter border controls. Like you said here, when they go in for their asylum test and they're there all day and they throw questions at them all day and they say, oh, you failed. You have to self-exit. You toddle off and go and self-exit the country. They just disappear into the ether. It's a just okay, but, but let, me, let me ask, Neve, do you believe that people who fail, and by the way, the majority fail, 
the vast majority fail their application for asylum and then they appeal it and appeal it and appeal it and appeal it. We need a new we need a new system where it doesn't go on for years, right? But Neve, do you believe if people fail their application for asylum or to seek international protection, they should be forcefully deported? I think they should be allowed one appeal. And uh, if and when they fail that one, then yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's a reason you're failing. Ian, why can't we organise something whereby Eddie is absolutely dead right. Um, they're getting on the plane on one side with documentation. They're getting off without documentation. Can we not have something whereby there's a bit of joined up thinking and our authorities can ring or get in touch with the airport that they got on on and say, right, can you, you know, I know it would be time-consuming, but even take a copy of their passport or something and say... Take a copy, yeah. you take a copy of their passport and their seat number and you match it up. Yeah. And then... Exactly. It's not, it's not then, science. Yeah, but, then but, but then you would be accused of racial profiling if you did that. No, because right, because yeah. if you do that for, you know, John from Algeria or Paddy from Albania, you have to do it for everybody. Well, do it for everyone, because you have to... Do it for everybody. You get on a plane, you scan your passport anyway. Mm-hmm. So, scan it... Put a put software in that when you scan it, it takes a picture of it. I mean, Leo mentioned in the Irish Independent that they do random checks at the gates before people get a chance to get as far as customs or immigration. But should, the, the, the identification is gone at that point. So I don't, know what, I don't understand what he means by random checks. Because if you have two lads randomly checking as soon as they get out the door of the plane, should they have already got rid of the identification? Um, and I said to you briefly, touching on this topic last week, Noel, Stand the jacks. Most, of these people, most of these people coming here they're not extreme society. They're going to end up in low-paid jobs because they can't even speak English, right? So they're going to be on really low earnings and they're not going to be able to afford to rent and they're going to filter down to the housing list and add more pressure onto it. That's going to happen. Okay, okay we'll stay there a second. Let me just go to Eileen as well. Eileen, hi, how are you? Hey, doing nice. Eileen, first thing, just in, in, yeah, in relation to what happened in Ross Cray today, I mean, you're familiar with the scenes, I imagine. I am, I am. Do you know what? It's an absolute disgrace. But you know what? There was another incident as well there in Santry last year where the police went in at two o'clock in the morning. I saw the video. And it was all women there. Do you remember that? I did. I saw the women. Yeah, the, that was the one where the women were crying. Yeah. yeah. And they broke. Yeah, that was absolutely. That's. But that's what I'm saying. Like, an awful lot of people don't have respect for the Garda. But after today, I think they've lost every bit of respect that anybody would ever have for them. That was shocking what they did. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. People don't want, like, they're, they're, they're putting people into these places. They're telling the community when they do find out that they are coming in, oh, it's families, it's women and children. It's not the case. It's all male, male men coming in. Well, the, the vast majority seem to be single the men, yes. The vast majority, and well, most of them, come on, Niall, now, most well, though, Yeah, of those seeking, yeah, no, you're right, of those seeking international yeah, protection, according to the Irish Times, the vast majority are men, There's yes. There's 700 people in this hotel up the road from us. Mm. 700 people. There's and one no, floor can I just say of families. Right? Uh, Eileen, sorry, finish what you were saying. Sorry, go ahead over um, Eddie because he has great points mm. and the oh, I was just saying saying I 100% you. agree with him I was going to say to them say for example 50 immigrants come in tomorrow and they apply for asylum and then eventually they become citizens because they're now a citizen they're allowed now because the men always come forth they're allowed to bring their family over but now that's 50 well, well ac- ac- again according to one of the newspapers the average family reunification number of people in, once somebody has permission to remain of course, they can um, then invoke family reunification, whereas they can 
have people who are family or whatever come to Ireland under the family unification program, and the average is twenty. Yeah. So, so for every one, that could be another twenty people. It could be. Yeah, they'll all of a sudden they'll have second cousins or second cousins and his clan, and then that bloody whole lot. Now, I'm going to say something to you now, and you're going to shoot me down about this, right? But I'll say it anyway because I told you my area is ruined. I wouldn't. um, I wouldn't burn a building. I'm not for criminal damage. But if I lived in Oughterard and someone done that and saved my area inside, I'm delighted. I, I wouldn't you do know. it myself, but, but if I, someone I, wants to go and do no, it... No, I wouldn't. No, Eddie, Eddie, we can't condone a breakdown in society and civil disobedience on a criminal level. We just can't. The same well, way, the same way is the same way is we could never condone what happened in Dublin City when they burned the buses. Nobody can condone that behaviour. That's no, not protesting. No, but no, but, but they no, still yeah. blame the fire, right? And they still blame they, the fire, right? And that's their area. And do you know that problem? Well, well, it wasn't the far right that set fire to buses. It was scumbags that set fire to buses. But I'll tell yeah. you something now. I've been on many of those protests, many of the protests, and it's always been a peaceful protest. You'll always get the odd person that, and I don't care, they're sent, sent in there for as a plant to start causing trouble. That's not what, what this is about. People are out there yeah. trying to protect... And Eileen, I, I accept that the majority of people on protests are concerned citizens, but but you are right. There are always going to be the one or two who are intent on causing trouble, by the way. And and they don't represent everybody. Now, but, no, I'll, I'll say this to you. It was drastic action in Uttarad, right? But Uttarad's problem now became Carlos' problem. And Uttarad don't have that problem anymore. I'm, I'm not saying... Well, it became, well, it became Ballon Robes' problem. It became Robes problem and then Ballon Robes' problem became Carlo's problem. Yeah. yeah. But Interact doesn't have that problem now. Yeah, but I'm it, not saying but, it's right. I'm just saying I can totally understand why people have done it because I, I don't understand. In I, my area... No, I understand why people protest. I have respect for people who will protest or be vocal because that's their constitutional right. But I have no understanding as to why. And by the way, can I establish that the Garda haven't finished their investigation? We don't know what happened in the building. But in saying that, if indeed it was an we, arson we attack, nobody has the right to do that. And that doesn't achieve, well, that achieves nothing. As, as, as I said to you, Noel, I knew you wouldn't agree with me on it. Well, but I don't if you were agree, living no, what we were living through in our yeah. area and someone done that, you'd be like, geez, we dodged a bullet there. And yeah. most well, residents in my you know area what? think like that. Yeah, sorry, Eileen. Eddie, sorry for cutting across you. But you know what? It's only going to get worse. This is only the tip of the iceberg. People are absolutely fed up. Town is not the way it used to be. I wouldn't let any of my kids go into town. I, would, I wouldn't. At Christmas, I didn't even go into town to even look at the lights because I was too nervous going in. But I'm going to be honest with you, Eileen. I felt that way about Dublin City for the last five years. It hasn't just well, been in the last say, two years since there's been a huge yeah, increase know, in refugees. I know, I know, yeah. I know, but you know what? Even walking around your own area, you're, you're, you can't even wear earphones walking around because you're afraid of your life in case somebody comes up behind you. It's actually terrifying. I wouldn't let my kids, I collect them from, if I dropped into a place, I'll collect them. Don't let them walk home from anywhere. Mm. It's just, and as you know, well, 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 hang on, I just want to bring Neve back in there because she hasn't said an awful lot. Neve, I do apologise. So, so, it's okay. Yeah, so Neve, you'd be listening to Eileen, and she said, "You know, they're concerned citizens. Yeah, you're always going to get the one or two nutcases who makes it like difficult for everybody, but they're just concerned <laughs> citizens, and you know, and we just can't continue doing this." Is she right? Yeah, absolutely, she's right. I mean, as I said earlier on, you can't keep filling up a full bucket and expect it not to overflow and people not to give out about the fact that the ground is wet. Mm. the The fact is that we are putting 
people into areas that are not fit for purpose. They're not even fit for purpose for the people who've been living there for generations. They don't have enough doctors. They don't have enough schools. Where I live, our secondary schools are run on a lottery basis. I mean, how ridiculous is that? That you have to hope that your kid at 13 wins a lottery to get a school place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, uh, now, obviously, there are places there, but if, it, if, it, if it's a waiting list scenario, which it is, because where I live, we have one of the biggest secondary schools in the country, and it's still not big enough. Now, that's not down to refugees. That's down to the fact that Gorey is so close to Dublin. House prices are lower. People want to live down here. Great little town. No issue with that. But when you start then bringing in a lot more people to an already saturated community, people are going to get pissed off because they deserve or feel they deserve school places. They want to be able to go and see a doctor when they're sick, not be told to ring back on Friday when you're sick on bloody Monday. Again, not the refugees' fault, but the government have handled this so bloody badly because they Nadia, are continually so bringing people in. Can I ask all of you, when, when you hear the line, look after our own first, which is, I know, it's the line. when you hear that line, and the government will have us believe that if you say that or utter those words, well, that's clearly racist. Look after our own first, that everybody should be equal. So, I mean, do you believe, Neve, that the citizens of Ireland tax-paying citizens of Ireland, do you believe they, or the government, have a duty and a responsibility to those, to prioritise those, you know, uh, ahead of anybody coming into the country? I think they do. I mean, it's human nature. You, you know, if I said to you, give money to that person over there and your family was hungry and needed dinner that day, you'd say, no, I'm sorry for that person, but I must feed my family first. Mm-hmm. It's not a racist thing to say. Unless we have enough, enough money and enough um, infrastructure in this country to look after everybody in a community, then we have to start capping the numbers in that community. That doesn't make you racist, it just makes you bloody logical. I mean, Eddie, did, uh, Michal Martin say that we have no choice. Uh, according to some barristers, we do have a choice. We can easily opt out of this uh, and we could easily stop doing it. Other countries have. Um, do you do you believe that we have hu- a humanitarian okay. obligation? No, no, no. I, I believe you can only fit a point in a point glass. Didn't France come around and say, that's it now, we've took enough, we, we haven't got the room? Yes. So we have to, we have to do the same. I think Denmark did the same uh, and I mean, so did um, think, yeah, Hungary did the okay, same. Think, well, mind I you, Hungary got a huge fine for doing it. Yeah. I think per capita, we took more Ukrainians than everywhere else in Europe. Like, yeah. we, you have to draw a line in the sand. I mean, 40% of Irish hotels are full up with Ukrainians and international protection applicants. What's going to happen when the summer season starts? They're going to be out on their ear, and there's going to be more well, no, they're not. Well, they're not going to be out their ear. It just means that we have less places for tourists to go, which means hotels that are not using their hotel rooms for refugees will charge more because they're in bigger demand. And we've seen oh, that already. Oh. But all these people, they're in like these factories in Santry, they're in the old Soyak building at the top of my road. How long are they going to stay there? Well, well, realistically, we've already had, we already, before all this started, we had 80,000 people on the housing list, right? Now we've got another God knows how many thousand people on the housing list, essentially, uh, or that we need accommodation for. We don't have the ability to build 80,000 houses. The promises from some of the political parties is 80,000 houses in five years. So realistically, if we can't house the 80,000 that are already on the housing list, some languishing on it for the last 10 years, you know, I, 
I can't honestly say that we can house all those people and people seeking international protection and Ukrainians who choose to stay even after the war ends, if indeed the war does ever end. I don't believe it will. It's a proxy war. Um, and they're probably not going to go back, or some of them will, some of them won't. I don't know. Um, you know, we can't house everybody. So they're all going to be in temporary accommodation for years. That's what I'm saying. I told you a story last week, a chap I know, Donald, 60. He got he was out celebrating last week because he finally got a one-bedroom place. He's on the social housing list 22 years. 22 years. And I know people that have usurped him in the in the queue that are not from this country. Mm-hmm. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. If you join the queue and you have your husband and two kids and you're working, but you just don't have enough for a mortgage. And then all of a sudden, someone comes in from a different country and they have the same amount of kids as you and they get a house ahead of you. How is that right? It's not right. It's, and it's happening. It's happening. I see it all the time and I just don't agree with it. I just mm. don't agree with it. I think you have to draw a line in the sand and say, look, we've done our bit and we're just bulging at the seams. We, we don't have the services. We don't have the infrastructure. You can't go and see a doctor. You can't even get your kid into school, like Neve said. How come we can all see this, but the powers that be that run the country don't? And I think they do. It's just the fact that we're governed by Europe, that we're just, our teacher is just a puppet. Someone else is pulling the strings. And we need to have a referendum on immigration, and we need to have it soon. I'm watching that. I'm watching that question be. Well, the question that was asked of the Red Sea poll and the Amorok poll was, "Have we let too many immigrants into Ireland?" And the answer, both in both Amorok and Red Sea, was over three quarters of the people believe we have. But yet the government Adrian, don't seem to think so. Uh, yeah, sorry, Noel. Uh, <laughs> Leo said he, Leo, you know, Leo, it was almost Leo, like an insult. Leo, it was an underhand he, insult there. But go on. Sorry, uh. Leo says he listens to the Red Sea polls, right? But when they're not in his favour, he ignores them. It's like what? a hate speech. Well, I know. When he listens to the Red Sea polls, when they tell you Fianna Fáil or Fianna Uchel is a Fianna Gael exactly. are the number one party, yeah. yeah. Then he listens to When them. they're in his favour. And this is a fella that got in on the fifth count. This is a fella that, oh, I won't get into, go- I won't go into government with the Greens. I won't go into the government with Fianna Gael. But as soon as our arse is on the line, they all buddy up to stay in power. It's just a joke. It's a, just an absolute joke. This country is broken. I fear for my, I don't have, like, kids, but I have nephews and nieces growing up. And I fear for their future because I see people now in their 20s and 30s and they're still living in a childhood bedroom because they'll never get on the property ladder. And it's just, it's just wrong. Okay, it's we'll stay there for a second. Let me just go to Maureen if I can before the break. Maureen, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good, Maureen. What do you want to say? Oh, I am. Oh, where do you start? Is that what you want to say to me? Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm in agreement. But, I, uh, you know, I am sick to my stomach of seeing the Irish people being treated like this by what I call the state stasi. Because that's exactly the way they're acting. It's so, shocking to watch that today. So they're overusing their power, is what you're saying? Of course they are. It's shocking, carry on. They would say they're, they, 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 they would say they're there for public order. Okay, but, thank you. Yeah. A, a public order, my arse. They mm. were, they're peaceful people. All they're doing is trying to protect their communities, their, especially their women and their children. And that's what they get for trying to do it. And, and another thing, they are showing those men coming in here that they are actually on their side. So when they step out of line, they get a little slap on the wristy and say, oh, don't do that, you naughty boy. What a lot of bollocks. Oh, oh stop, you know, my, blood, my piss is boiling at this stage. We're listening to listen to this all day. Like. And then to see how those people were being treated. Oh, I was really, oh, my temper is just... 
it's the same. So, what, so what's the solution, Maureen? Okay, so what, Maureen, I, I, I'm hearing all night from everybody, and I could fill the airwaves for six hours with people not happy, right? So, but, but, yeah, but okay, now. but we all know we're not happy. The, so, what's the solution? I'll give you the solution. You make me minister for justice tomorrow, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, any aircraft that lands in any airport in this country, none of them are getting off that aircraft. They're going right back to the place they left. Unless they have identification. Oh, uh, yes. And if they, if they have it, and they come through, and they're taken in for their little chat, if they find, and they'll be instructed to make sure they're doing the job properly, if they find they have no business here, then they go. They're taken into a holding room, and they're on the next flight out. End of story. The ones that are here, that have failed applications, they are gone as well. It, it, now, some people would suggest, Maureen, that's a little bit strict. I don't care now. No, no, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying. Needs and isn't what needs to be done. Because we have a Minister for Justice who doesn't know her arse Morelba. We, we have red creep. Over in okay, well, let's let's get, let's keep the name calling limited if we can. All right, I know that's, that's what you call him. Yeah. Okay, you know but me. yeah, he's over in Davos at the moment. That's right. He paid thirty thousand euro to uh, the cost of thirty thousand euro to lease a private jet. Well, he leased a private jet the other day to go to Kosovo. Yeah, that, that was well, that was because the, the government's own Learjet or whatever it's called uh, wouldn't make it because they'd have to refuel, and I believe it's not that reliable anymore. Sorry, sorry, Eddie, what did you say? Yeah, he's going back to work after 34 days off. Yeah, oh, of Dece- uh, 14th of December, he broke up and then came back yesterday. 34 days off. These people don't live in the real world. He's had more time off at Christmas than we get off in a year. They just don't have the same thinking as the common man. They don't walk in their footsteps. They're privileged. Corey boys as such, you know. They just haven't got a clue what the, what the general consensus is the boots on the ground, and no, I'm telling you. Neve, do you think the government are disconnected from society? Like, do you think Leo Varadkar listens to Maureen, for example, on the radio and says, yeah, maybe she has a point? Or do you think he, he no. just thinks she's mad? <sighs> he just doesn't, he feel, he doesn't feel yeah. the need to. He, because Maureen to him, and Maureen, this is not meant as offence to you, so please don't think it, but to the likes of Leo, Maureen is just chatter. It's just... Yeah. She's, is she she's, just an inconvenience to him? She's white noise. She's not listening. He's not listening. None of them listen. If he was listening, would he not be listening to his own party? Because I'm sure um, Eamon Ryan had kittens about him using the, the, the private jet to go. Could not go Ryanair like the rest of us. Eamon, if, sure, if Eamon they, Ryan doesn't care. Sure, he's jetting all over the world as well. He doesn't care. But if they really gave a shit, then they'd be seeing what's going on and they'd be seeing that you don't fix somebody else's house before your own has a roof on it and our house is crumbling we have no health system to speak of there's women and men in their 80s and 90s hours upon hours on trolleys we have our education system has come down to a lottery our um housing system is a joke our immigration is a joke. And they're sitting up there in their ivory tower laughing, saying, oh, but sure, we weren't even elected, lads. This is a great old country. And I'm terrified they're going to get in again. They won't. Because we have well, when, I say that, well, when I say that they won't, they will. The parties will. But, uh, and a lot of people have predicted what the next election is going to be. It'll be either exactly the same as it is now, or it'll be Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil government, right? Um, so, 
but the, the difference is, is I would predict that Leo Varadkar will not be the leader of Fine Gael and Michal Martin will not be the leader of Fianna Fáil. No, they'll both, both have get rewarded with fabulous jobs. jobs in Europe. Absolutely. And I mean... And, it, the, it, and the prediction, by the way, my prediction, and other experts have said it as well, Helen McEntee will be the leader of Fine Gael. I know Maureen has just, oh, Maureen just fell off her chair. And the tallest two will be Neil Richmond, most likely. It's a good job I don't drink. <laughs> I'd be. I think you better, Maureen. I think you. I think you better start. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join you. I don't either, particularly, but I think we should. Mm. We need something to, num- to numb this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to Joe. Joe, hi. How are you, Joe? Good evening, Nile. Good evening. It's definitely Good. a blue Monday for today. I tell you. The oh, it is. Blue. Oh, today, I forgot. Today is actually Blue Monday, which is the most depressing yeah. day of the year. You know why? Yeah. You know where it gets that name from, don't you? Blue Monday. The Americans, the of well, the Americans probably gave it the name, all right. But it's the shortest, isn't it? It's one of the sh- the darkest days of the year, and it, but it's not the shortest day. The shortest day is twenty second of December, but it's one of the darkest days of the year for some reason because the mornings and the night, the way the evening goes. But it's also because it's in January and people, it's the mid January and people have already spent most of their January money. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the visa apparently the visa bills come out today. Oh, do they? All right, okay. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so everybody's a little bit depressed. You're broke and you owe money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Joe, getting back to what happened in Ross Cray today, did you, did you have you seen the videos or? I just saw bits of it there while ago, and yeah, it was an absolute disgrace. I tell you something, the Gardaí again. This, like, I, I texted him there while ago, and I said, this is only the start now of trying to ratify the the hate speech law into our country. As you know now, they'll try to bulldoze this through the dial some Wednesday night without anyone realizing it. And fair play, it's only yourself and Ben Scannell and probably one or two more journalists who are on top of this. Because if we didn't know what was going on, Niall, we would know, we, we'd, we'd be blindsided by the whole thing. But, um, it, it, like, I, so, I, I, so what you're saying from, to me is it was a show of power by Angarda Sheikhana. But now, let's well, be, yeah, well, let's be clear now. I, I, I don't want to blame the individual guards. It's easy. I know people say, no, you shouldn't say they're just following orders, but they are just following orders. They, I mean, their superintendent will say to them, lads, I want you all down in Ross Cray. Three o'clock, the bus is coming. I need at least 100 of you there. There's only 20 protesters, sir. I don't care. Yeah. Of you, if there's 100 yeah, of you there, they won't kick off. It's ironic. It's ironic because if you go down around uh, around Cork City here on Friday or Saturday night, you won't see a guy. There's anti-social, beha- say, anti-social behavior going on all over the place. Now one cop is to be seen, but yet they'll target protesters who are protesting to protect our country and protect our people, and it's an absolute disgrace. And I and I fear and I and as uh, um, Maureen said it there, I fear what's going to come. This is this is all the start of. Of uh, a trenery coming in our country now. It's coming down. It's been coming for since COVID, and they're doing their very best now to just bulldoze their way through and bully the people into believing their own crap. So you believe your constitutional right to protest is being obstructed? Oh, but of course it is. Of course it is. If you go down, pro- you, you saw that John, the, in the last couple of years. If you even went near a protest, if there was a protest going on for the uh, lockdowns, the guard would come down. They say, "What are you doing here?" And you mightn't even be there at the thing. You might be watching. They might tell you, sorry, you're, you're a threat to public health. And it's ironic. Last Saturday, you had that bloody protest for Gaza in town. Yeah. And what was even made me sick is that you had these clowns going up the river in boats. You'd search with the O'Neill line or something was going on or something they were making. Mm. They were traveling in boats 
dressed up in pants. Oh, that was in Cork. Yeah, they were. They, they had yeah, boats on the river. City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you cannot save, and you cannot save a Horgan in a minute when she comes on and say to her what she thinks of it. Because I think it was an absolute embarrassment. That's virtual signaling. No, I, I, I do believe a lot of what's going on with the protests in Gaza is virtue signaling. And it's funny, when, when I say it's funny, it's not obviously funny what's happening in Gaza and Israel. But what was funny was I watched them knocking down, trying to knock down the railings of the fence in Washington uh, and calling Biden yeah. names. And I'm going, this is the left eating the left. If you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which was quite ironic that that doesn't normally happen. But I find a lot of people who are at those protests are essentially know very little about what's happening in that region of the world, and they're just there because they feel they should be. Yeah, the whole lot of them. Yeah. Well, well, say, well, actually, stay there, all of you, because I want to go to Mark because Mark is not happy with Maureen. Uh, Mark is a trainee guard. Uh, Mark, uh, good evening to you. How are you? No, wait, how are things? How are you keeping? Good. Uh, Mark, have you watched the video today? I've seen I've seen snippets of it. It seems now, to be listen, a very big show of force for such a small amount of people. Well, listen, I, I take everyone's point of view on, on board. Um, I suppose everyone's raised interest in arguments. But well, I think what people are trying might forget today is that there was innocent women and children there as well that were being brought into this place. And there was ro- men roaring, shouting. You know, there was. I think there might have been men as well going in today as well. Now, I'm not, I haven't seen the videos fully. I've seen bits again. I've seen snippets, and I'm only commenting from what I've seen. Mm. But you know, shouting and roaring at innocent children and innocent women, where, wherever they're coming in from, that's not going to do anything. You know, and, and, and I and I and I agree with you. But here's the thing: I don't believe protesters have a problem with the refugees. I think they have a problem well, with the government. That, well, uh, listen, I'm just saying from what I've seen today that it, roaring at innocent kids and women, that's why the public order unit were there today because if they weren't there today, God knows what would have happened. And listen, again, everyone's made valid points about immigration and whatnot and all this kind of stuff. Do I believe we have a problem? Listen, I think it's up for debate, certainly. But I do. I, that's the reason the public order unit were there today for the exact reason with the scenes we've seen. And anyone that got lifted today or was arrested on the scene probably deserved it. So people oh, roaring and people, no, 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 Maureen, or whoever is taking no, Oh, yes, God. Mark. You can't be going out in public, right, okay, for a second. Can't. You might learn, you might learn something here, okay? You might learn Oh, no, you said you're the problem with me, so I'd like to know what your problem with me is, if you don't mind. You can't be going, you can't be going around throwing out this, that, and the other about the Minister for Justice. You would be a Minister for Justice in the morning. Oh, God, no. God, why not? Because I can certainly tell me why I can't. I, you'd probably dismantle on Garda Shia single-handedly, I'd say. I'd be no harm. I'd set up a new force. Pardon? I'd set up a new force. Who would Pardon? do the job properly and would take their oath properly. If I was Minister, I Minister for Justice, you'd all be disbanded. And there'd be a new Garda Shia in this country. Who would do, do their well, job do, properly? No, do, no, hold on, Maureen. To be fair, most guards, most, most Garda Shia are good people and, and want to do the right thing and want to do a good job. If you've an issue, you blame the people at the top who were giving them orders. Yeah, yeah well, the ministers. Yeah, the, well, you, you, well, if you got one uh, deciding the issue, whether, is he? To, whether to slap a, pub, a public order fence on you because I had, a, I had a, an argument with my church, nothing at all to do with the state. Yeah, I, 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 I suspect, I suspect, Maureen, um, you might have an issue with the guards. So I, like, no, I haven't uh, any I issue with the guards at all. I have an issue the way they're acting. Well, sure. Listen, if someone's going out and potentially to potentially insinuate violence, that's what the public order. There's nobody there insinuating violence at those protests. There and I tell you something for another thing, Mark. When they, you, when they, those, when you, those guards you, are brought down in front of those people 
who are Maureen, trying just to protect their community. Ma- no, you listen. Ma- Maureen, You're just Maureen, training. You might Maureen, learn something. Maureen, do you think they it's They are accessible? trying to protect their community. And I'm you not, stand listen, there and you have bullies. Okay, well, okay, well, well, hang on. One at a time, Mark. You want to ask Maureen a question. Go ahead. Listen, Maureen, I'm just asking you, right? Do you think it's acceptable to be roaring at innocent children and women to, uh, going into an establishment? That's all I'm asking you. Because if you say well, no... Well, what's wrong with women and children? So you, you've, seen, you've seen the videos today and you, you're telling me that there was no aggressive shouting Mark, or roaring... I've seen several videos, my dear men. Not just one or two. And okay. I didn't see and anybody roaring at children. I will. I checked and the ones back, I saw. Whatever videos you're seeing now, Maureen. I, but Mark, to be fair, I, I didn't see who's on the bus, whether it's men or women and children. I don't know who was on the bus. The bu- yeah. bus had blacked out windows, so that would be impossible. Yeah. So I don't know how you yeah. are aware or would well, be aware as women and children. There was, listen, either was, I had seen a few videos, all right? Listen, I said uh, one or two. That's what I classified as a few, but yeah. there was women and there was okay. women and children. I, in do, the I didn't see those videos. Okay. And listen. I, I, and again, I want to say to you, Mark, it shouldn't have got to that point because. The problem is here the policy decisions and the communication by the government to the people. The Garda Shia shouldn't be put in the position where they're in the middle between the state and the people because then that only gives bad, a bad taste in people's mouth. The same happened during COVID where people then tend to dislike their local community guard, which is not a good thing to happen to the guards. So the guards shouldn't be put in that position. Because, no, listen, I, because I, most I, of those protesters are nice people. They're just concerned. Yeah. Some of them are head cases. That's clear. Yeah, and today anyone that was arrested, Niall, probably deserve to be arrested. So I think that's, that's what goes on. And uh, listen, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And like I said, Maureen, Maureen's made valid points, but then to me she's made, made points that don't make sense at all. But I'm, I'm not trying to have an argument to her. I'm just trying to raise my, my, um, yeah, my concerns that. and my, my side of view. <laughs> so Maureen, I don't want to have an argument with you. I'm just trying to raise my point of view. Do you know? Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.